Hey now, hey now, hey now, welcome in, welcome in, y'all, and guess what time it is, that's right, it is porch time, and I am, I know y'all caught that, I am the one and the only Miss McKinney, and I know you guys are glad of that, thank you guys for continuing to listen, thank you guys for continuing to support, it is not possible to have a successful podcast without listeners and supporters such as yourself. So I thank each and every one of you for not only listening, but taking us across state lines and out the U.S. too. You guys are absolutely fabulous. Don't let anybody ever tell you any different. Again, won't be long-winded. This is going to be our fourth colorism episode um, out of five. So thank you all to each one of you ladies again. Um, if you remember, we had Coach Love. She was our the one and only Coach Love. She was our first colorism episode. And then we had this 504 girl who did episode number two. Our third episode came from Dope Discussions Podcast, Miss Erica. And our fourth one is going to be The Chrissy Show. Um, she is a very, very sweet young lady. I enjoyed talking to her so very, very much. Um, I was excited to do this one because not only is she African-American, but she's also Samoan. So she was able to give us insight on both sides. And then again, she's younger. So um, she had that fresh, vibrant, um, fresh and vibrant information or point of view, I guess is what I'm looking for to share with us here on the porch. So I know you guys are going to enjoy that um, because sometimes the young folks teach us. So thank you, Miss Chrissy, for joining us on the porch. And you guys stay tuned. All right, let's try a different link and see if that helps us. <laughs> okay, I'm here. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. So this is our episode about colorism. And ever since we had our conversation, I guess it was last night, I've been really excited because I wanted to um, hear the perspective from another race other than just African-Americans. So I was super excited to, um, that you reached out and agreed to do the episode. So thank you again. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Before I answer, um, I'm half Samoan and I'm half black. Um, pretty much I'm from, I'm from Hawaii. And so being black in Hawaii, um, even though we're all brown, some shade of brown in Hawaii, I still, you know, had to deal with color racism and being other. And so I was really excited to join, join in on this conversation because, you know, I don't get to really talk about this stuff outside of me and my sisters. So... <laughs> Um, right, right. So tell us, what has it been like? Um, been have like, you graduated from high school yet? Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm 33. Oh, okay. You're, you're <laughs> super young, Mama. Super young. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, okay. All right. Well, so what's that? Been, what was high school like for you guys? Was it so, there in Hawaii? I can't say it the way you say it because I'm a Texan. So yeah. Hawaii is. What was it like there? Um. So I didn't actually go to high school in Hawaii. I came here right before we started school or I started school at least but in middle school and elementary um 
just, you know, st- being told stay out of the sun or um, being called the N-word or comparing like skin tones and you know we had the rock growing up so I thought like it was really cool seeing someone who's same race as me who's black and someone but he's a little lighter (laughs) (laughs) just being compared to him just like okay so the rock same as you what happened to you you know what I'm saying my dad's a beautiful dark skin man from the south and um I never understood why people were comparing my skin tone with their skin tone and why my skin tone was being called um less than pretty or less than beautiful because I looked to my dad and my dad's um side of the family and the most beautiful women in my life are are you know dark-skinned black women so I was I was you know growing up confused about it all because I'm looking at these beautiful black women and I just want to be just like them. But I'm on this island where I'm told to stay out of the sun or black isn't beautiful or um, or anything like that. And just being in a other category. Right, right. So when you were there, you um, you wished to be darker. But then when you came here, how were you received? So when I came here, I, you know, then you get othered again because now I have this accent and, <laughs> and <laughs> now I have this accent and people are like, what are you, who, what are you or who are you? Um, and I hated that because I was like, okay, finally I'm on the mainland. You know, I was excited. I was like, finally I'm on the mainland. I'm about to get me some, you know, black friends and have people like me in my circle and then I'm facing colorism all over again where you know I'm placed in this other category I'm not I'm I I consider myself brown skin but when I first moved here like (laughs) the lack of sun in Seattle had made me pale (laughs) Mm -hmm. so now I'm just like other than are you still there There you go. Okay. I went from being confused to being even more confused. Um, And I just, I'm excited for today's episode because I was like, I would love some more insight from you all on, you know, on how every, like how everybody else dealt dealt with colorism because I'm just, I was faced with dealing with colorism by myself or amongst my sisters who we all didn't know how to deal with colorism. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. And I'm just trying to make sure my phone stays lit before I continue speaking. And, you know, just like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how to, I guess, explain what I'm trying to say. So one of the things that I found very interesting, I saw from a young man that posted it on Twitter from our hometown. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a couple of years older than my son. And he said that he was too black for the white kids Mm -hmm. and too white for the black kids. Is that something you can identify (laughs) identify with? Yes, (laughs) ma'am. 
Um, I wasn't, you know, so, you know, you have a little bit of an identity crisis. And I don't like to say that because I want to link up with the black, the blackness in me. Because when you, when people see me, I'm black. You know what I'm saying? I have to tell people I'm, I'm half Samoan. Um, when you see me, I'm black. So I'm living a black experience. But when I go sometimes to like, for instance, my black sided family, it's like, I'm trying to, I'm having to ex- like prove my blackness every time. Right, right. <laughs> or what So I- what is that like? And, and, and how does that feel? Because I'm, I'm much darker than you, but I've always had, I've always felt like I needed to prove my blackness as well until I finally just decided, you know what, I'm just going to be me. <laughs> right. Um, so what was that like for you, especially experiencing that from family? Right. So I think once I, so before I, you know, became into who I am, I used to get so butthurt. I used to try to overcompensate my blackness, um, try, you know, just try to play into some stereotype I've seen growing up um, on a TV show or a movie. And there was a point where I'm like, realizing like okay everybody's saying like we as a black people are not a monolith and um once I realized that going into it and taking the little jabs are a little bit easier now because I think not not just me go I'm not the only one going through this experience where you know colorism on the other side I'm thinking about how my family's perceiving me and how we're told the darker you are you know the, I don't want to say this, but you know, the darker you are, the the less attractive you are, or mm-hmm. or the less whatever they try to say about us as a black people. And I'm like, okay, so we're still like I'm. I had to realize we're still very much, um, like recovering from all of these different, um perpetuations of black people and people are still seeing black people as a monolith whereas we're very diverse and complex and so it took me a while but now I go now growing up with it I'm like I'll I'll take the little jabs because I know there's a lot of healing that needs to take place and healing that needs to happen so that's how I've been Mm -hmm. dealing with it just embracing it embracing embracing my black side no matter what, because of all the different things that are going on. And so do you notice that being so light-skinned and having that good, because I know you must have a good grade of hair um, (laughs) being half Hawaiian. So when you're around, uh, say, some darker-toned individuals, like much like myself, Mm -hmm. how are you perceived? Do you have any friends that are dark-skinned? Yes. Yes, I do. You do? and well let me ask the more interesting question do you have any frenemies that are dark-skinned maybe you guys started out to be friends and then noticed there was a difference between the two and was that because of um maybe because in my opinion 
colorism is just it's a it's a form of jealousy yes it's a form of jealousy because you think that the other one's skin tone is better than the other and it goes both ways Mm -hmm. um there are light-skinned females who wish they were dark-skinned simply because dark-skinned uh females don't seem to have as many issues with acne as light-skinned ones and then there are light-skinned ones you know i mean dark-skinned ones like myself who thought for a long time yeah um that 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 was the norm of a beautiful black woman is is that she had to be you know light skinned to a caramel color and um have the good grade of hair so do you have any frenemies you feel like you've made along the way just simply out of jealousy because of you being um lighter than them or again the good hair that's a colorism thing yes <laughs> cuz we're we're all have beautiful hair but i mean that's the term that that's I the term that was yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's so a- how has that affected you? Has it affected you in any way? Yes. So I'll let me, I'll try to answer it the best I can. So I made a, like in high school and stuff, you know, I've heard along a lot like, oh, you got your hair, you got hair like white people. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what? And you know, me, because I like, like once again, like I'm telling you, when I first moved here, I was like, I'm black, I'm black, I want to be black, I'm overcompensating my blackness, right? So when people tell me I'm other anything other than black or any any feature of mine is not black, I get real defensive. But but um so yeah, people will tell me you got good hair or like I noticed I made a friend in high school and um I would get little jabs at me and I thought it was friendly and jokingly at first, but then I noticed it was real like malicious and it was trying to bring like she was trying to bring me down. And I, I didn't realize it until years later that, you know, the, you know, playing into the colorism thing, whereas she thought like I was going to get all the, you know, the dudes at the party or something. And that was not the case and um, make stuff like that. Or like now in my in my adulthood, like I see women who are, are always like we always get kind of like tense when we're talking about like makeup or foundation or stuff like that. And I'm like, why, why can't we just, you know, love our skin tone for what it is? Because first of all, you're right. I do wish I was like, I wish I was darker because first of all, I don't like being multicolored. Like the sun hits my Are you there? I do wish I was this beautiful dark chocolate woman that, you know, was one skin tone and just was just out here just beautiful. But, you know, I I have the skin I have and I it's yeah, it's taken me a while to realize that the colorism thing is still playing into like our adulthood. Right. So when you say you had to over overcompensate your blackness did that come from digs from the black side yes of your race very much very much so <laughs> uh we moved what type of digs was there it, um other than the good hair remarks um people just always talking about my skin tone that made me very um uneasy because growing up I had to hear about my skin tone one way and then I so we moved to Miami when I was very little and then you go to this is my black side 
of the family and I'm hearing about my skin tone over here so I'm like so like I'm never gonna be good enough but the jobs were much deeper from my black side because I very much wanted to identify like how my daddy identifies how he, how he's black I want to be black like my daddy so the jabs coming from a black side hit a little bit hit a little bit harder absolutely absolutely and so from the hawaiian side what is that like because i I guess you're darker than them yeah yeah so how were you treated um and and do you know anyone of the same um race background being half hawaiian half black Mm -hmm. here on this side okay yeah i'm I'm actually half samoan and half black it's it's just a we're a little different than hawaiians but um the I'm sorry. No, 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 don't be sorry. Um there's colorism in the Samoan culture as well. So realizing that now, um, um I'm not just being I'm not the only one not being told to stay out of the sun. The Samoan kids are also being told not to go in the sun. And there are terms like um don't go in the sun or she'll get too black. Um, and this is from the small inside. And wow. there are terms like, um, like, cause Samoan people, they'll, they'll have hair, like they'll have hair like ours, you know, not every Samoan's hair is not always just loose curls. Some of them have like afros and stuff like that. And really it is the same course yeah. as, mm-hmm. Um, black American skin. Oh, I mean, hair. Cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't so, know that. some if if like not all the Samoans because you know just like, you know, us here as Black Americans, we were you know, we're we're mixed with some kind of something European thing right, right, down right. the lane. Samoans are also like that because they were, they they went the, the people went to Samoa as well, and so. You, like if you go to like Samoa, you'll see Samoans have similar features as ours, like as black people. So colorism is very much in the Samoan culture as well. I just didn't know um know that for myself. Um my mom's fair skinned Samoan and so um family like my, some of my family will believe like oh I'm allergic to the sun so they'll stay, stay out of the sun um and just so basically it sounds like colorism um well on on the Samoan side is basically been don't get any darker pretty much um you're you know you're dark enough don't get any darker so if you can overcompensate for your blackness, what can you do to overcompensate for the Samoan side? Is there anything or you just accepted it and kept it going? <laughs> I don't think I've ever had to overcompensate or I've ever wanted to overcompensate for my Samoan side. I think the thing you could do is just like indulge into like um, the culture, learn your language, learn the language very well. Um you know, stuff like that. I'm already from the island, so I don't think I've ever had to overcompensate or wanted to overcompensate to be someone. Um, also, with- 
So the Samoan, you said the Samoans and Black Americans are are similar in features. Are there jokes like, okay, so, you know, this is an episode and, and I'm pretty transparent. Yeah. I know that within every race we have, you know, somewhat of a joke about the other one, mainly based upon a stereotype, but it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, so do Samoans have anything like that for Black <laughs> Americans? Oh, like a stereotype for Black people? Or, you know, yeah, like jokes or, um, um, yeah, stereotypes for Black people, yeah. Yeah, um, I think I think they just adopt. Is it the same? I think it's just the same. They've just adopted what they've over, like, I, and I don't want, I don't want to speak for the whole, you know, so my culture, just what I've been around is like, I think the adoption of what everybody else was saying about black people they've also probably adopted um i'm gonna be transparent too i was told not to like one time i was told not to date a black man you know what i'm saying um to which i had to fight not fight but you know i had to be like so you're telling me my i have my black daddy my my black nephews and you're telling me not to date a black man um for you know reasons that they probably over like that are overheard like um black men cheat um well i guess that's the only thing you know what i'm saying um other stereotypes i don't any the only thing like that was very apparent growing up was that the darker you are the less attractive you are Okay. So what do they say about dating um, Samoan men? You know, we have um, the the myth here, which was funny. I talked about on another episode <laughs> that we did about colorism uh-huh. and, you know, just the characteristics of a light skinned um, black person as opposed to a dark skinned one. Are there things like that within the Samoan <laughs> culture? Um, you know what? I'll say this. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. I feel like it's coming though because now I've see that I see like I see within the Samoan culture, kids are the kids at least are calling um, the light skinned Samoans light skins now and the dark skinned Samoans dark skins. And I was like, I've never heard that growing up, so that's something new to me. So who knows what though what else will come from that? What's gonna evolve <laughs> right. from that? And and so is there. Um... Are there good, <clears throat> excuse me, are there good and bad things for the light and dark skinned Samoans? No. I, no. I, you know, like just from my observation, I'm trying to remove myself from, you know, being somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. Just from my observation, it like just, just like colorism in, in the black community for the Samoan culture looking into me. Is like they would call like a darker skin family of someone's like something that are synonymous to you know darkness or ugliness like roaches or um or rats or something like that and I, I was like wow they're really saying stuff like that and um I didn't he- I I haven't heard anything like for the lighter skin someone's I just heard always bad things about darker skinned anybody okay so the reason why i wanted to do this is because 
when you experience things like that, you really don't know what to do. You already know that you're up against a little bit of opposition with a different race. But how in the world do you deal with it, you know, when it's the same race? And then again, I said it was going to be interesting to talk to you because you actually have two races that you identify with. So when it comes to dating, what does your father feel? My father does not voice anything like that. Um, Yeah. Neither does my mom. You know what I'm saying? She married a black man. (laughs) So... Right, right, right. <laughs> and um with dating, I I would love to be in a black love type of marriage or a relationship. Um but I was always taught to you know not have not be closed minded if I can say that. Okay. okay. <laughs> So basically, you'd be willing to date outside your race. I, 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 I have, I have, you know, but um, it's like, like for me, I think because of my experience, I would like, I would love to be able to just be in a black a black relationship, if if that makes sense. Yes, okay. Yes. <laughs> I would love to like have the black experience. I just. I just I would love that like and so would do you think you would be able to find that black experience in a light-skinned black man you see <laughs> yes yeah right because that's that's where we realize oh I'm right I'm absolutely I've that had way to, I've, <laughs> I've had to have a come to Jesus with that because um <laughs> because I've dated light-skinned black men and like it's like it's not nothing it's like I don't know how to explain it it's just that you know when I you know what I'm just guilty I'm gonna say I'm guilty of the <laughs> right so for me when I was younger I only wanted to talk to light-skinned men I remember actually praying over my son and hoping that he would be light-skinned and he is <laughs> um, but now that I've hit that midlife yeah. mark um, I say he must be as dark as my tire for me to be happy. And I'm not really sure right. why. I, well, I am sure why. So I was listening to an India Ari um, mm-hmm. CD. It was brown skin on brown skin. And when she said, I can't tell where yours starts. Okay, right. And mine began. Yeah, that just blew me. I was like, oh, I was like, that sounds so beautiful. Um, my crush has always been a dark skin man, like Tyron Turner from Minnesota Society. Um has always been my man so um yeah he was in something recently i can't remember what it was but Uh, i saw him and thought it was a movie um it'll probably come to me later on but yes i understand and he is he's one of those beautiful dark-skinned young men well he's not young anymore (laughs) he's one of those beautiful men too so what is it about the dark-skinned man that you view more your type and if I might even go a little bit further to say, because I think we might feel the same way, you feel as if it's more of a manly man that he's dark skinned as opposed to light skinned. Because I mean, let's be honest, sometimes light skinned um, black men get kind of a bad rap for being right. soft or 
you know, something of that nature. So do you do you view the dark skin when it's like more rugged, more manly? Is that why you're attracted or, or you know that- what? Yes and no. I mean, I've been attracted to Drake since forever. <laughs> right. Right. So Drake is, I guess, the one everybody keeps mentioning when they're like, OK, we don't want no Drakes. But I've been attra- I've, I'm attracted to like a Drake. Um, but I think it has everything to do with like, you know, they say you want to, girls always want to marry their daddy or, you know what I'm saying? Like that or find their dad mm-hmm. and their man. And I think that's what it has to do with, um, cause I was talking to my sisters about this and my sisters, they'll always be like, like, I guess we uphold our dad to like the, the highest grade of male, but <laughs> that's okay but you know um she's like my my older sister she'll be like yeah this is like my husband's just like like dad in this respect and she's like I think we all have found some kind of dad in our men and I was like okay maybe that's exactly why I want like a darker skinned man because that's what I grew up um admiring um but yeah maybe I do play into the whole it's a more rugged masculine look for me um but i don't think mm-hmm. i would be like no to a light skin i wouldn't say no to a light-skinned man because he's light-skinned okay well then you may have evolved i, I, I may evolved. look at that <laughs> so the other part of co- about colorism that bothers me the most is the lack of support or again you know the jealousy within the community like for instance right now there's a movie out it's um billy holiday versus the united oh, okay. states uh-huh and it's on netflix they're talking about how she had an addiction to heroin and she also sang the song i believe it's called uh strange fruit uh where she sings and describes a lynching and so there when she would go and read and um uh, perform at these predominantly white places they would get offended they wanted her to sing it she would sing it they would drag her off to jail so the illusion and I do call it an illusion in the movie is they are saying that you know the United States saw her out because they didn't want her to sing that song and I believe you know part of that to be mm-hmm. true but every time they were able to catch her with some drugs, it was someone, meaning another black individual. I think one time it was her boyfriend. Another time it was just someone pretending to be her boyfriend, I believe. It was someone within her entourage that went and got the drugs for her, brought the drugs back, and then told the feds, hey, she's got it. You know, come get her. <laughs> so I really wish that that part would have been addressed yeah. as opposed to, you know, saying it, it's a big deal. Um, no, I wouldn't say a big deal. I don't mean it that way for listeners, but you understand what I'm saying? Because there's something more that needed to be dealt with there than just the United States, because had it not been for her entourage, they never would have even caught up to her or what she was doing. They had to help. And that seems to happen a lot within, um, the African-American community, at least is televised, talked about on the news and things Mm -hmm. like that. Does that happen in the Samoan culture? Um, if it does, I haven't witnessed it. I feel like no, I feel like it's a tighter knit in the Samoan culture. Tighter knit. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I don't want to get into why I think that like that is because I guess we can like see why it is, but 
No, I don't. I don't see it. Okay. All right. So, are there any last words that you would like to um, tell anyone that's going through colorism, especially being biracial? Um, is there any encouragement that you can provide an avenue, maybe something you learned a little further down the line that would have been great for you to know going through your earlier years, especially school years? Um, anything to say um, there? I, I don't want to sound so simple, but just knowing that whatever skin tone of brown you are, it is beautiful. It took me a long mm-hmm. time. Um and being biracial um, and having a non-black mother um, who doesn't necessarily understand um, just know you're mm-hmm. not alone <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, I know I like I don't know how to encourage you other than tell you you're beautiful as you are and just to to remember that everyone's beautiful and I feel like beauty is truly in the eye of, of the beholder. Absolutely, it is. And very well said, Miss <laughs> Crystal. You. I, I thank you so much for joining us on the porch. I hope it won't be our last. I'll be tuning in, hoping that you're going to give me some guidance on my single Oh, all right. I'm glad. I'm. You know what? Thank you so much. Um, this was kind of nervous. I was kind of nervous doing this because it's my first time reaching out <laughs> to somebody, and then that somebody's like, "Oh, okay, let's do it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is absolutely how I got started. Um, probably my second podcast ever. I was a guest on a show. Um, with Howard, only black cosmonaut. He's on Instagram. Oh, okay. You should follow him. He is so entertaining. Yep, and he had me on his episode. I got to kick off, you know, what I planned on doing, and he was encouraging. So, you know what? The next one won't be like this. The next one, you'll just be like, hey, what's hey, going hey, on? what's up, everybody? <laughs> I'm back. But thank you so much yeah, for sharing the platform yeah. for me. I do not take this lightly. It is helping me, you know, keep going. It, it's helping me to keep going and to get more comfortable in the uncomfortable. Um, but shout out to you, and I'll be shouting you out here and there. Um, for doing this for me thank you so much and we will be doing the same and again this won't be our last um, conversation now that I know that you're so enjoyable um, as I have some more subjects come up I'll be reaching out and I hope yes ma'am thank you so much have a good night yes ma'am y'all too bye-bye all right now so that's episode four in the bag thank you again Miss Chrissy for joining us on the porch and I know it won't be the last. Um, You guys, she gave us information on where we can continue to follow her as well as I'll be sharing her things on social media. Also, please, please, please go out and follow The Chrissy Show. It can be found anywhere where fine podcasts are played. Same place as Porch Time with Miss McKinney. Thank you guys for continuing to join and for continuing to listen. Be safe, be strong, and be blessed.